Young, back to throw. In trouble, he's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs, gets away again, goes to the 40, gets away again, to the 35, cuts back at the 30, to the 20, the 50, the 10. He dies. Touchdown, 49ers. What's up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers Webzone Know How to Podcast. I'm Zane. He's Al. He's got some weather issues he's dealing with, so he's outside in New York, upstate New York, in a parka and a beanie and braving the elements. Al, how you doing, man? Dude, we're getting uh, anywhere between 8 and 15 inches, and my internet doesn't want to work, so I'm on the phone right now. We're doing it old school, man, like like an old actual school. radio call-in show. We're, we're taking it back. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Let's do it old school. Zane, let me tell you what, though, to get, as we get started here with the rant I had planned if I had opened the show if my computer worked. So... I'm watching the game, the Monday Night Football game, and it was, it was an amazing game. Did you watch that whole game on Monday? I did. All right. So I'm watching it, and you got Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson just going up and down the field, right? Mm-hmm. Bringing their teams back, running, making plays. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is kind of a, a golden era. This is a fun age for quarterbacks in the NFL. You got these two guys. Patrick Mahomes is maybe one of the best we're ever going to see. Josh Allen becoming a star before our very eyes. Aaron Rodgers, still elite, still putting up great numbers and one of the best ever in his, into his late 30s. You got Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray carrying their teams. And even the older guys like Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Roethlisberger, Rivers, they're not what they were, but all their teams are going to be in the playoffs. Just a great era of quarterback play. And I'm thinking about us 49ers fans. What the hell do we have right now? Our quarterback handed the other team, scored 14 points for the other team. There's all this great quarterback play, and the Niners gotta, fans got to watch Nick Mullins score 14 points for the other teams. And the reason that that's happening is because our starter has played 25 games last three seasons. And it could just not be, could not be more frustrating. It's been 17 years. This team has not hit a consistent answer at quarterback. And I just hope to God this offseason, whatever the answer is, that we come up with an answer. And it's funny because I put this question out genuinely to, to Twitter because I think that a lot, because this, this discussion that we're having right now is so polarizing, the quarterback discussion because of Jimmy Garoppolo and with the way people feel about him positively and neg- negatively, like there is, there is no more safe space now to discuss quarterbacks without being put into one group or the other. And I think that it's, it's not a great time to be discussing quarterbacks because of that, because you can't really have like a, a level-headed discussion on Twitter without people feeling one way or the other, but that's neither here nor there. I think that when you take a step back, and this is the question I asked on Twitter, is that when you take a step back and you look at what the 49ers are doing as an organization from the top down, from Jed York to Parag to, you know, the, the GM coach, whoever it may be at the time, when you look at this and you look at how they've only had four winning seasons in 18 years, in the last 18 years. Their last Pro Bowl quarterback was Jeff Garcia in 2002. So I believe they're the only team in the NFL that has not had at least one quarterback reach reach the Pro Bowl since 2002. And this is coming off of, obviously, we were spoiled with Joe Montana, Steve Young, and to a lesser extent, Jeff Garcia. But I have to really question, Al, and this is kind of a a discussion that that we can kind of launch into right now. I I have to question the organization and how they evaluate quarterbacks and how they evaluate what's important to them like they've constantly been missing on a quarterbacks like they missed on 
you can mm-hmm. you can argue that Alex Smith was a reclamation project and Jim Harbaugh saved him, which he did, but they missed that, right? They missed on Aaron Rodgers. They missed developing Colin Kaepernick, who, in my opinion, was a generational talent that they didn't develop. And they missed drafting Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes most recently. So, and this is not a this is not talking about Kyle Shanahan's regime. This is talking about the San Francisco 49ers as an organization and as as, as a systemic problem where repeatedly they have a chance to fix the quarterback position, but they continuously fail at it. So to me, it's like, and this is irrespective of the GM or coaching regime. This is irrespective of the talent that's coming out of the draft. They miss on all sorts of quarterbacks. They missed on pocket quarterbacks. They missed on mobile quarterbacks. They missed on big arm quarterbacks. They missed on every single quarterback that they have tried literally for the last 18 years. And it is crazy to me that you, Alex Smith is still the most winning quarterback that this team has had in the last 18 years. And aside from that, I think, I think somebody put a stat. It was Jimmy that was next, Alex Smith first, Jimmy next. And then like, there was a big drop off. Sean Hill was like the next one and you can't win. And I think part of what I mentioned earlier with them having 14 losing seasons or non-winning seasons in 18 years is the failure to find a quarterback that you can put there for 10 years. Seattle's not having that problem right now because they have Russell Wilson. The Packers don't have that problem because they have Aaron Rodgers when he's healthy. The Steelers don't have that problem because they have Roethlisberger. And we know about Brady and Drew Brees and all these things. When they're, when they're healthy, their teams are winning or they're competitive. And that's the difference. And this is not, this is, I'm not taking it down to the, the granular level of like talking about, oh, well, Jimmy is this or Mullins is that. I mean, that's part of the problem. That, that's a symptom of the problem. But the actual root cause is that this team cannot evaluate and find quarterbacks. And I think, I really believe it's the way that the organizational philosophy comes from the top, the way that Parag evaluates whatever grades he puts on guys in the draft and, and trades and acquisitions and the salaries that they're willing to pay. Like, look, Al, they're very prudent with the salary cap. They have not been close to the cap. I mean, they are now, but they haven't up until now. They, they really haven't been close to the cap since the Terry Donahue days. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at that and be like, okay, they've been doing like 15 years of that, 15, 16 years of that Parag has been the cap guy. What value is that adding? Is that adding wins and Super Bowls to this team? It's not. So you have to really question like, okay, well, they give big contracts to certain players that shouldn't get contracts. Like they gave a big contract to Juszczyk, who at the time had the biggest fullback contract ever, and I think still is. They gave the contract to Quan Alexander, gave the contract to Richburg, contract to McKinnon. And the only one of those guys that's actually contributing is Juszczyk. Like you can't just keep overpaying for weird positions and then cut them after two years and act like a genius and think that it's working. So all of this stuff coupled with not finding a quarterback is, is holding this team down. And the quickest way, yeah, obviously that you fix that is to find a franchise quarterback. So roundabout way to your point is the Niners. I mean, they're just, you can't be bad and boring right now. And their offense is bad and boring because the quarterback play isn't there. Yeah. And getting, getting back to, to the, the original point, you mentioned Alex Smith being the most prolific quarterback that they've had, or at least has the best, the best numbers. He was on the team for eight years. He only played more than 10 games twice. And therein lies the issue is that they just don't even have guys who can play a, a full season. Kaepernick did it a couple times. But Kaepernick wasn't super prolific in his last 51 games with the 49ers. He threw for under 200 yards 25 times. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a big passer. Smith only played 16 games twice. And you have Garoppolo last year. I put this out a couple hours ago because I read it and it was amazing. And now Patrick Mahomes is the gold standard, right? The guy's on, on another level. 
2018. Since 2018, he's played 43 games. He has 13,336 passing yards and 109 touchdown passes, 43 stars, okay? The only 49ers QB in the last 17 years with more passing yards is Alex Smith, 14,280, which he's in 80 games. And no Niners QB is close in TD passes. Smith leads with 81. You say, oh, well, that's Patrick Mahomes. Well, well, one, you're talking 17 years. That's what, 260 plus games. Nobody should outdo quarterbacks in three, in three years. You, you would hope you would have had someone in that position long enough that, that could outperform someone who's only been playing for three years. But look at other QBs. Jared Goff, last four years, 16,000 yards, 100 touchdown passes. He's not an MVP level quarterback, but he's been a consistent performer. Baker Mayfield has 72 touchdown passes since the start of 2018. 23 quarterbacks gone for 4,000 yards, or there's been 23 4,000 yard seasons in the last two, two years. The 49ers haven't had that since, since Jeff Garcia. They just, they just haven't had the answers. And, and Jimmy did, listen, Jimmy's defense, I, I, you know, when we, he's going to get knocked and everything else, but he did have the most prolific year for a 49ers quarterback in, in, in a long time. Now, I know a lot of that was system based and just based on him staying healthy, but the Niners need to find somebody who, who is going to come in and be a consistent person behind center for the next five or six years. They can't have th- this getting injured and switching quarterbacks. The, the whole issue with me, I mean, more than anything with Garoppolo, yeah, I have issues with in terms of his limitations as a quarterback, but he's not on the field. At this point, even if you want to throw the other arguments out and defend him as a player, he's not on the field. You're talking about two out of three years now. One year, you're going to go four and 12. And this year, I mean, at best, Maybe you're going to be six and ten, maybe seven and nine if if you somehow beat the Cardinals or, or the Seahawks, which I doubt. You're talking two really bad seasons because your starting quarterback got hurt. They have to find an answer this offseason. They have to. Yeah, and they say the best best ability is availability, right? And I, I really think that. Well, number one, like it, it does start with the offensive line. They got to keep him clean. But the, the ACL was nothing to do with the offensive line. That was like he was trying to make a play and he got hurt, and that's just bad luck. But the but the other thing is, is that he got hurt in he got hurt in New England as well. He had a shoulder injury over there uh, in the four games that Brady was suspended before he got traded here in the in the 2016 season. And we really have to look at what we're going to be evaluating on because everybody looks at Josh Allen. And we're talking about moving forward now, uh, and, uh, quarterback, and trying to look at, look at an upgrade. Everybody looks at Josh Allen and looks at him, and everybody's kind of fawning over him the last couple of weeks, and the last week specifically because of the game he had against the Niners, and he, he was almost flawless. And they look at that, and they say, wow, what a great quarterback. That guy's looking like an MVP caliber player. But they don't realize that this guy came into the league, and he was barely serviceable in his rookie year. You know this. You see a lot of Buffalo football. He was not yeah. a good quarterback when he started. And it took him three years to get to this point now. So the thing that I want to preach to 49er fans and plead with them is that, look, when you get an inexperienced quarterback, the next time you do, and you get a guy who's, who's either a rookie or is not an established vet, like you know Stafford or Dak Prescott or something like that, if you get a guy who's inexperienced, you have to give him time to grow. And you have to give him time to mess up and learn from that. Because very few guys come out just like, Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson, but even he had, you know, he had uh, DeAndre Hopkins, a top three wide receiver to throw to like very few guys come out like that and are just ready out of the box and just generational talents like that. that. That usually doesn't happen. Guys will put up nice stats like Joe Burrow before he got hurt is putting up nice stats. Justin Herbert puts up nice stats for a losing team. But it's like, to me, you got to be able to win as well. 
and I know that people say that QB wins is a team stat. Okay. But like, but we can't go both ways with this, right? Because the way that the, the way that 49ers Twitter universe works and 49ers fandom works is that, okay, there are people out there that claim that QBs winning is a uh, QB wins is, is a team stat. But then when they lose, who do you blame first? You blame the QB, right? So sure. you can't have it both ways. If he's going to get the blame for the losses, he gets the credit for the wins too. Like, I'm sorry, that's just the way it goes. So you have to find somebody who is not only going to put up pretty stats, but also function well within the system. And I think that's really hard to find because when you are a quarterback who comes into this league and you don't have the pressure to win on you right away, it changes everything. It really does because you don't feel that fire underneath your ass to win. And you don't feel that fire underneath you to make the playoffs when you right the minute you step on that field for the first time. Like Joe Burrow and and Justin Herbert are very good quarterbacks, but they have the, the luxury of being able to learn at their own pace, so to speak, because they're not pressured to win yet. The expectations on them are different. If you throw a rookie quarterback into the 49ers right now, basically now, I, I guess this offseason coming almost a year and a half off of a Super Bowl appearance with a team that when healthy can be very competitive with a coach who's very good, the expectations are going to be completely different. And we have to adjust what we want out of a quarterback accordingly. So whoever they go with, whatever they find, it's health, but it's, it's also going to be a guy that can, that we're going to be patient with that for the long haul for 10 years, you want the same guy. Well, you're going to have to put up with a couple of years of possibly shaky play. One thing we do know is that Nick Mullen certainly isn't the answer. And as we've just seen, what has it been five games now? I lost track at this point of just piss poor, disgusting offensive football. Just terrible. And look, is the offensive line good? No, it's not. People can say what they want to. The offensive line is not going to pass protection. Trent Williams has been, has been Trent Williams is Trent Williams. He's, he's rounding back into form and he's had a really good season. Other than that, I like Tomlinson, but he, you know, we've seen him, him give up some pressures. And, and then beyond that, listen, the offensive line has not been good, but a good quarterback can make up for some of that. It certainly can. And there were throws to be made in this game. Nick Mullins. I made the comment that it looked like the wind was, was holding up his throws, but you know they were like indoors, so it couldn't have been. He, he has the worst arm I have ever seen on a professional quarterback. It's unbelievable. He's, he can't reach players. He's floating passes. Then he's thrown over the middle. He, he's airmailing guys. Kendrick Bourne had, okay, there were passes he should have caught, but they were not good throws. He's not leading people well, and he's a guy who in 15 career starts now, he has 22 turnovers. He's committed multiple turnovers in eight of his starts, and he's only had three starts where he didn't turn the ball over at least once. And guess what? They won all three of those games. So you just have a guy right now who he's non-functional. It's non-functional quarterback play. Trotting him out there, we're, we're expecting this team to win. Kyle Shanahan's taking back for this. The plays are some of the plays are there. The guys are open. How is Kyle Shanahan's fault if if, Aaron, if Nick Mullins airmails a pass eight yards over somebody's head? Can't, how many, can't even count how many passes were there in this game. If you even had a capable quarterback, even a remotely capable quarterback, and now in this season, with all of these injuries, right, this has been the season from hell. Zane, if they had even decent quarterback play, they're 8-5. and five. Why do I say that? Okay, they're 5-8, and eight, right? They beat Arizona in week one. They beat Philadelphia in week four. And you could say that was a team effort, whatever. If Mullins didn't have those turnovers, even played decent, that's an easy win. In this mm -hmm. past week, 
Easy win if you have decent quarterback play. Easy. Washington could not do anything on offense. What did the defense put? Nine points? They yeah, can't do anything points. other than Mullen's gift wrapping them 14 points. It's, it's a joke to see this kind of quarterback play. And, and going forward with that, if C.J. Beathard is so bad that he can't outplay what we saw on Sunday, that you don't, don't at least want to put him out there and see what he can do, why is he on the team? Mm-hmm. Why, why was he your third-string quarterback if, if he's that bad? And he certainly can't be on the team last year if he's that bad, if he can't play over what we see from Nick Mullins. It's just non-functional, and in, in the game was, to me, as proud as I was of the defense for going out there and playing hard, offensively, it was disgusting. Disgusting. The defense was great, and Salah had them playing to the point where uh, that you were, that you mentioned about the receivers being open and Mullins just missing them. I remember one play where Ayuk ran basically like a nine from the slot, and it was an easy, it was like a layup touchdown if Mullins just put it out in front of him. The safety was late getting over, and uh, I tweeted about this too. I was like yelling at my TV when it happened, and Mullins threw it at his ankles. Like, I, I just, I can't even, there was no rush. It was a clean pocket, clean pocket. He had Ayuk open streaking down the hash. All you had to do was lay that out for him. He had, he had one-on-one with the safety who he had already beat. And at that point, it's just a layup touchdown and you, you threw it into the dirt. And there were several other throws that were just like hospital balls over the middle. There were, I mean, Bourne had a few drops. I mean, that's, that's the full Kendrick Bourne experience, right? He'll make the tough ones. He'll drop the easy ones, right? And he'll mix in a dumb penalty here and there, like a false start or something like that here and there. But you, you, I don't know what Kyle's supposed to do at this point. Like, do you, does Kyle have to go on the field himself and hand the ball to the receiver himself? <laughs> like, you, you can't function like this. And the CJ Beathard thing, so I think that's just like a Kyle. We know that Kyle doesn't like to admit that he's wrong, but I think that's just what that is. And I think that after this year, you're going to see CJ gone. Like, he's not going to stay. But he did claim, Kyle did claim that after the game, he said that, Mullins was going to be pulled, but then he led that touchdown drive and he had to keep him in at that point. But we'll see this week. Kyle's name Mullins starter, but he said, we'll see after that. I mean, hell, throw Josh Johnson out there. I don't care. Like you have to, you have to be able to run Kyle's offense because the problem is, is that when you have like, look, Jimmy was struggling too. He was hurt. He, he was having trouble seeing the field at Arizona game. That's fine. Right. He's done. I'm not even talking about him right now. I'm talking about the quarterback play in general. When you cannot even execute basic plays, you can't evaluate your team because they're not executing anything. You can't, you can't right. evaluate what works and what right. doesn't work if your quarterback can't, them, can't get them the ball. So put in the guy who can allow you to evaluate your team and evaluate your offense. Because look, this year, Al, is a total, to me, it's a total basically like preseason year. It sucks because they had so many injuries that are, that are long-term like Bosa and, and Garoppolo and Kittle and these guys got long-term injuries that they'll hopefully come back stronger from next year. But Really, this is basically like a preseason year for the coaching staff to be like, okay, well, who do we want on the team next year? What works? What doesn't? But when you have a quarterback that can't even execute plays, like all that goes out the window and you're just like, all right, well, now we're just babysitting this guy for the rest of the, the, rest of the season now. And for those people that are claiming that Kyle Shanahan, this is not Kyle's fault. It is not Kyle's fault. Like I'm, I've been a staunch, like I've criticized Kyle Shanahan for a lot of things and I've given him credit for a lot of things as well. But this season, this entire season, is not his fault. Name me one coach at, in any era who's going to win with these circumstances where you have 20 plus players on IR, 
where you're missing your starting quarterback for three quarters of the season and your best player on both sides of the ball for much of the season, on defense all the season, on offense for three quarters of the season. When you're away from your home and you're playing in a neutral site with no crowd and you're basically stuck at this point, nobody's going to succeed then. So to me, Kyle definitely gets a pass this year. The quarterbacks don't because you still got to execute the plays, but Kyle gets a pass this year because you can't coach like this. You can't. Listen up, sports bettors. This is Al Sacco here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Sports are all back, and that means it's time to get down your bets. I only endorse one sports book, and that is BetUS.com. Why, you ask? BetUS is the pioneer in online betting with more than 25 years in the biz. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, horses, esports, entertainment, and all kinds of crazy prop bets and futures. Go to betus.com now and fill out your information. It only takes a minute. That's betus.com. When you get to the how did you hear about us box, type in no huddle podcast and you can get up to 150% in bonuses on your first deposit. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS. 25 years in the biz, the best bonuses, BetUS should be your sports book. Join today. BetUS.com. That's B-E-T-U-S.com. Don't forget to type in No Huddle Podcast when you get there. BetUS.com. I got some thoughts on Shanahan. I have have a lot uh, similar to what you're talking about. But before I get into that, you mentioned Kendrick Bourne. We, we, We talked about him. He gets a lot of excuses. Like I say the same thing. Oh, it's, you know, Kendrick being Kendrick, it's the full born experience. It's year four. The drops in the mental errors, if they're not gone by now, they're not going to be gone. I am not bringing him back next year. I am upgrading there. Does he make big catches sometimes? Sure. But do you want to live with the inconsistencies? That's part of the problem. Drops. False starts. It's year four. If those aren't getting cleared up, listen, he's not, he, he's not good enough for you. To me, he's a replacement level player. He makes clutch catches, does. He's caught some touchdown passes. I think there are a million other guys who could do what he does. I just, I, I'm sorry. After this game, again, were they tough catches that he dropped? Yeah. You're an NFL receiver. You at least get one or two of them. Make a play, pick your quarterback up a little bit. And the false starts as a receiver, come on. Come on. So that, I don't know how you feel about Bourne. To me, I'm, I'm moving on. So, the thing with him, with him is that I think the team sees that potential with all those tough catches and he's a really good team guy. He's a really good guy. Everybody likes him. He's great with the fans and he's a really good locker room guy. And I think he's kind of one of those glue guys that may not perform well on, on the field, but like he has a, a larger sort of presence privately within the team. But again, at some point, like production has to, it, it has to get better. But again, I'm not, I'm not going to make an excuse for him out, but I will say that when the quarterback plays inconsistent and they're missing them and they're throwing passes that, that are catchable, but like not on target. Yeah. With better quarterback play, these guys would improve as well. But I mean, that's not to blame everything on the quarterback. I think that Bourne has to step up too. And he's not really making a great case for himself in a contract year. Uh, or maybe he is for coming back to the Niners. Maybe he's trying to tank his value so he can come back to the Niners on a on a cheaper <laughs> deal. But I mean, I'm just I'm just kind of tired of it. I'm tired of the drops. I'm tired of mental errors. Like I I think that we've seen we're going to see out of Kendrick Bourne. Like you've seen the ceiling. Like he's he's the number three wide receiver tops. And I think that you can find what he brings on the open market out of a slot receiver. Like look at Cole Beasley when he did 
what's it, what he's doing in, in Buffalo. Like he was cast off from Dallas and they didn't, they didn't want him anymore. And he's up there. They found a system that works for him. And if you can find that same sort of receiver that works in Kyle's system, and it's not going to be hard to find receivers, receivers get open in the system, then you will get it. Whether you can get it from the draft, whether it's Jalen Hurd, that's going to take that spot. If you can finally get healthy, whether it's Jawan Jennings getting healthy, finally, I don't know, but I, I really seriously think that they have to take a long look at Kendrick Bourne and whether they bring him back next year. And in terms of Kyle, look, I, I don't know what people want him to do. I, I, I don't. Are there some occasional plays where you're like, why did he call that? Sure. You could do that with any coach mm-hmm. anywhere. Are there some plays where you're like, you should have gone for on fourth down? Yes. Again, look around any team, any coach, there's going to be those things during game day that you agree or disagree with all the time. Bottom line is he's a very good head coach. I think he's improving. He's, he's a terrific play caller. He knows offense. Through 61 games of the regular season, he's 20 and 33 as a head coach, okay? 17 of his 33 losses have been by one score or less. With the this dismantled teams that he's had in 2018 and the no talent in 2017 and everybody injured this year, they're still barely, you know, they're still close games or they're making them close games. Niners have had 60 players go, or our player go on IR, I should say, over 60 times since 2017. It's just crazy. And since the start of 2018, like I mentioned earlier, his starting quarterbacks only played 25 of possible 45 games right now. So, and they're 17 and 18 with the starting quarterback and 5 and 15 without it. And people say, oh, well, they're 17 and 8 with Jimmy. They're 17 and 8 with a competent quarterback. <laughs> okay. Has Jimmy made plays? Sure. Did he play well within the system Kyle drew up from last year? I, I, I think he did. Again, there are limitations. But all Jimmy did was really play competent. That's all I need someone to do is play competent. Think about that. When you saw him with the quarterback playing elite, it was Matt Ryan in 2016, and he had an MVP season, right? And the Falcons averaged 35 points a game, whatever it was. It was crazy. He hasn't had anybody playing elite with him. Garoppolo played well. He played competent. And you saw what the Niners were able to do on offense last year. Other than that, he has had awful quarterback play. Hoyer, awful. Sathard, awful. Mullins is awful. So we haven't seen it. So to blame him for this is ridiculous. You cannot base, and as frustrating as it is, and as pissed off as I know I get when I'm watching these games on Sunday or Monday or whatever, you, you kind of got to just say, you know what, this is a lost season. They don't have the horses. They're missing so many pieces. There's so many injuries. The quarterback play is so bad. It's not on Kyle. If Kyle Shanahan ever got let go, he would get a job in about two minutes. He'd get hired in about three minutes. You think the Bears would hire Kyle Shanahan? I think the Texans would bring him in. You know what I mean? He would get a job in three minutes. Three minutes. So, yeah, is it frustrating? Absolutely. But as a coach, I think he's going to get this turned around once they get the pieces back in there. But anybody really getting on him is is kind of crazy. Yeah. I think if people want to, I guess, assign blame or whatever, there's there's only one part that you can eat that's even in question. And I'm saying that's in question because that's questionable. Is the quarterback room, Kyle picked that quarterback room, except for Jimmy, which is kind of funny because Jimmy's the best out of all of them, but which is a high bar right now. But Kyle picked the entire quarterback room, right? He picked Hoyer as the, the stopgap, I guess, until Kirk Cousins was going to get here. Then he drafted Bethard. Then he chose Mullins. But I mean, like, you don't intend on these guys starting like half the season. So mm-hmm. again, 
it's a questionable criticism at best, but I, that's his quarterback room, right? That's all I can say is that he just has to be better at picking them. Um, that's fair. Hey, listen, yeah. that's, that's fair. And that's what I was going to say is the, the one thing that you, you can say, all right, I have some questions, personnel decisions. And you're right about the quarterback. Garoppolo kind of got dumped in his lap, but they did, he, was, he did say, okay, let's pay him and move forward with him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's very fair, Zane. Absolutely. The quarterback room has gotten worse. It's been the same for three years. The plan in 2017 was not to scout or not to, whatever he said about Mahomes and Watson, whatever he said, didn't have that much attention or didn't, whatever the hell he said, because he was waiting on Kirk Cousins, another adequate quarterback. But you didn't scout arguably the best quarterback of all time and Deshaun Watson, who's, who's a Pro Bowl level quarterback, certainly one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league. And you say, oh, well, a lot of people, a lot of people didn't do that. Okay, a lot of people didn't have Brian Hoyer and Matt Barkley as their quarterbacks. And we say Shanahan's an offensive genius, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Andy Reid's an offensive genius, and he did look at Mahomes, and he was like, holy shit, I'm trading up to get him. Yeah. Maybe if Kyle looked at him, Kyle would have said, holy shit, I'm going to trade up to get him. So, so that's, you are absolutely warranted. And anybody who, who doesn't say that he at least deserves some criticism for that, take off your red and gold glasses. I'm sorry. Take them off because, I, again, I love Kyle. I want to be the coach. But we got to get this quarterback thing right, and it's got to happen this year. Yeah, I agree. He's gonna have he's gonna have one choice basically to to make this is this is going to year five now at this point. So I'm looking at the 2007 draft. So because we're gonna do this now, right? Everybody who says that oh they didn't scout properly or they uh, other teams passed on the team. Let's let's look at this for a second. Okay, number one, Cleveland drafted Miles Garrett. That's a, that's a no brainer. We knew that. The only other right. team that really needed a quarterback around the 49ers around that pick was Chicago, and they went with Trubisky. So they did go quarterback. I said. So that's fine. They went Trubisky. Mm-hmm. They also scouted Deshaun Watson as well. Remember that. They were looking at all the top quarterbacks. Niners, as we know, went Solly. Jacksonville went Fournette because they had Bortles. They just drafted Bortles. Tennessee went Corey Davis because they already had Mariota. The okay. Jets went Jamal Adams because they had – who did the Jets have in 2017? Um, did they have a quarterback? It might have been Fitzpatrick, was it? Was it Fitz? I think it was Fitzpatrick. Oh, so they, had, they had Fitzpatrick. Uh, Chargers went Mike Williams. They had Rivers. Carolina went McCaffrey. They had Cam. Cincinnati went John Ross. They had Dalton. Okay. okay. So out of, out of the top nine picks, there were really only two spots or three spots that quarterbacks could have gone. The Niners being one of them, they passed. Then at number 10, Deshaun, uh, sorry, uh, Patrick Mahomes got picked at number 10 by Kansas City. Okay. Then okay. New Orleans goes at number 11. They had Breeze. Breeze, right. Then Houston goes to at number 12, they have and they went Watson. So all of the quarterback needy teams picked a quarterback except for you, like in that draft, in the beginning of that draft. Right. So there's so this whole thing about like again, like I'm not trying to trying to uh blame Kyle for this year. That's not his fault, right? But the quarterback situation, like yeah, 2017, you were a quarterback needy team, and you were the only team in the top 12 that needed a quarterback that didn't pick one. So the jet that's interrupted. The, the Jets had McCown. It looks like in 2017. So they definitely needed a QB two. But okay, the Jets so they passed. The okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> so the Jets the Jets were the other team that passed. Okay, so you get to you get to be have company with them. And I like to hold 49ers in much more higher company than the Jets than the Jets. So, anyways, point being, original point, it's not Kyle's fault because yes, that that 2017 thing with the quarterbacks, like yeah, it's hurting him now. But at this point, it's like that's not relevant right now because there's so many other injuries on the team too. And you can't control that. Nobody's going to win. Nobody's right. going to win with that. So he's not on the hot seat. It was a Denise hire. 
like Denise DeBarley York, you know, she, she, this was not a Jed hire, so he's not going to get fired. Jed's not going to do anything like that. He's going to get at least a couple more years to write this thing as he should. I think he's a good coach. I want him to win here. I like him and I want them to win a Super Bowl with Kyle Shanahan. I really do. So here's a question for you. Uh, there's no right or wrong answer here. It's literally just, just I guess, something to ponder and maybe for the, for the listeners too. You look at who the Niners have gone after in free agency, okay, or, or made a trade for. D. Ford, Weston Richburg, Jarek McKinnon, Quan Alexander. They all got hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Mm-hmm. They all got hurt. They gave up high draft picks and gave a big contract to, or just gave big, big contracts to these guys who came in. And you could say it was a good signing or not when it happened. And they got hurt. So again, this could be, maybe it's a rhetorical question, but do they have to change the way that they look at players? Do they have to put an emphasis on durability? Because the, the issue with this team more than anything, 2017, they didn't have the horses. 2018, they, they are probably, if they were healthy, maybe another you know, 8-ish maybe. Um, but still would have been a lot better than four and 12. And obviously this year we know what happened in 2018 and 2020 were mainly because of injuries. So are they doing this to themselves somehow? And I, again, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer to it, but I'm just interested to see what they're going to do this off season. And if they will put more of a priority on, on, on durability. Again, that goes to the whole systemic problem thing. And I believe that this problem that they've had with injuries and the way that they evaluate players goes above and beyond Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and Adam Peters. I believe that this isn't, this is as a business entity, the San Francisco 49ers organization, this is a philosophy within their team that comes from the top that comes from guys like Parag because famously he wanted to be part of Moneyball. He wanted that book to be written about him. And Michael Lewis ended up writing that book about Billy Bean, and we all know about how that turned out. So the way that the Niners function is very, it's very much the same. They like to go after unheralded, underrated sort of players as opposed to going after superstars because they feel like that they can get the same amount of production out of a lesser contract than out of than they will out of a superstar. Like the, the upside of like a, like a low risk high reward sort of thing. Like that's, that's how they operate. And the problem is when you operate like that and people say, Oh, well, the Quan Alexander contract, this and that they, they paid him the most. Yeah. But the number one, the number that you see when the report comes out, that's not the actual number of the contract. I hope people know that by now. Like that's not right. the actual number of the contract. These are all just paper numbers. You should focus on what's guaranteed and when the out for that contract is. We know that the Niners do this with a lot of contracts. They did it with Kaepernick. They're doing, they did it with Jimmy. They did it with Quan Alexander. They couldn't do it with D4 because it was a trade, but they, they are notorious for doing this where they signed like a six-year contract. And after two or three years, there's an out in that contract because these are team-friendly contracts. They like to pay a lot of guaranteed money out front because then that attracts players. So they get their guaranteed money, but then there isn't that long-term security. So I'm wondering, okay, well, all these p- players that you're paying this guaranteed money that are always hurt, like McKinnon and Richburg and all these guys, you got them to come over. Uh, Quan Alexander was coming off of an ACL and he was clearly not the same player that he was before the ACL. And you're paying these guys these guaranteed salaries to come over and trying to get like a low risk, high reward sort of signing. Like, okay, well, I paid you guaranteed money to come here, but the, the life of the, the cap hit is not going to be as much. So it's a cap friendly contract in the end. And that's exactly what Moneyball is, right? It's like, all right, let's pay for damaged goods. Let's pay for 
for players that are underproducing and hope that we have a system in place that can get them to produce more. You put a very strong person in leadership, like a head coach, and you hope that he can be the tide that raises all the boats in the harbor. And you can't do that in football. You can't. It's because it's not like baseball. Baseball is 182 games to, to go through ebbs and flows of the season. And it's a completely different game as it is. You can't do that in football. And that's what they're doing. That's why they're never up against the cap because they, they don't spend like that. I'm not calling them cheap because they give out big contracts, but I'm talking about spending money in the right places. And that's just what they do. So I think in a long-winded way, and that's kind of your answer, Al, is that this problem is systemic. It's not having to do with the way that Kyle or John Lynch or Adam Peters evaluate players. I think it's the willingness of the organization to spend money in the right places. Because if you look, the big contracts that they've given out, how many of these guys are superstars? How many of them? None. They're all yeah. just like, Quan Alexander is a young guy that had a high upside. Jimmy was at the time a young and experienced quarterback that had a high upside. D Ford was like kind of like a win now move, but he again had knee problems, damaged goods. Right. Yeah. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, little used upside. guy that has high, yeah. high upside. So th they do this. And the exception, the one exception is Juszczyk, but I think that's because Kyle really needed that. So they're like, okay, let's just let's just pay for right. that because Kyle needs and, that. And, and that, that's not a huge contract in the grand scheme of things. It's a big contract for a fullback, but not yeah. in the grand scheme of your cap and things like that. Mm -hmm. But they're so, okay, so they do that. And, okay, they, they made the Super Bowl last year, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what? It was like a one-year window. That's mm -hmm. what it turned out to be because now Ford, Ford's probably done. He played one year. Alexander essentially played one year. He didn't really do much for them this year, right? So yeah. you brought in these guys in in – and now, now, now they're gone in your, your window. I don't think it's shut, but it's certainly not as open as it was. So I don't know if I'm the owner of a team or whatever. And I say, wait a minute, I just played Quan Alexander, whatever the hell he made. I don't know what it was. $20 million to play like 15 games for me. Why the hell did I do that? Right? Like, don't, mm. don't they have to kind of look at this differently and, and just think like, like you said, instead of like, all right, we're going to get one or two years out of these guys. Like, who can we get to? with us for the next three or four years to help us sustain this run that's that's what you need you want to sustain the run and i know the harbaugh years wasn't a huge long run either it was essentially three years but at least it was a little bit sustainable at least it was over over a few years before everything kind of kind of went to hell but i i don't know i'm, I'm really curious to see, to see how they go about this off season because it, it is a crossroads off season for them with all the free agents and they have to, and the, obviously the quarterback, and they, I just think they have to look to get more durability and build this thing for more for the long haul instead of getting these free agent guys that are going to come maybe make a splash for a little while. And then after that, you're like, well, we get more than a year out of them. We'll see. You know, I think it drives me crazy is like when people will get in my mentions and I'll say something like that and people will say, oh, well, it's in the past. We got to let it go. Okay. So every year you're going to say that yeah. <laughs> every year you're going to say. Oh, what happened? Let's let it go. Because pretty much yeah. we've been saying that for the last 17 years. I know. With the Yorks and everything else. Oh, well, that happened in the past. Well, well, now we're good. We thought we were good last year. And hopefully we still are. Hopefully this is just an injury thing this season. Yeah. But before we move on, gotta, yeah, before we move on, I, to that point, like, I, I want to go back to your point about staying competitive for a year and now the window's closed. So that's exactly how Moneyball works. Like, look, I'm an Ace fan, right? So they do this. I've seen this before. I've seen this show. I see the show every season from them. What they do is that this is how it works is that you stay competitive in small spurts. 
like three to four year spurts maximum, right? Mm -hmm. And after four years, you basically start cutting costs and cutting salaries and then resetting. And then you're, I guess, rebuilding quote unquote for a couple or retooling for a couple of years, two to three years. And then you're competitive for another three, four year spurt. That's exactly what happened. They were competitive for four years. They were in the tank for four years and they're competitive mm -hmm. again. It's just that now I think that injuries have to do with it, but this is their second competitive yeah. stretch. And what they're going to do is that once these guys start getting older, like Kittle and Warner and Bosa and all these guys, as they start getting into the thirties, they'll start shedding those contracts. I'm like, no, we're not going to go. We're not going to go all in for championships. We're going to try to stay competitive uh, in small spurts because the deal is, is that when you can, when you do that, your costs also stay low. You're, you're not up against the cap, right? Cause you're, you're essentially bringing in uh, lesser uh, salaried players every few years, as opposed to paying like a superstar, like, you know, eight years of a contract, for example, right? You're bringing in draft picks, undrafted free agents, and these guys every few years to have like this rotating door. But the thing is, you don't have to do that in football. You don't because it's a short season and one player can mm -hmm. make a difference over a short season. I, I see exactly what they're doing. And it's, this is, I, this is exactly why they haven't won anything because they don't build a team right. And I'm hoping that like the way that they're going to win a Super Bowl, Al, is if you somehow either luck into or get a really top of his position player that is an impact position, like a running back, wide receiver, quarterback. Quarter, I'm looking at the quarterback position specifically. If you get like a generational talent, that just makes all the rules go away because he can just carry the team and it won't matter at that point. Right, right. They got to look into that. Well, they do have a generational talent if you can stay healthy at Bosa. I think that yes. a lot of what happened last year was they did make the move for D, for D Ford, which was a short-term move with the knee issues and everything else. But then you get Bosa and you hope that he's going to be what he is and he was. And now all of a sudden, wait a minute, you got this defensive line and it helped carry the team throughout the year. And what, where we're going to see what this team is really about moving forward is what they do in the coming years with Fred Warner with Nick Bosa. Are these guys getting the big contract? Fred Warner's going to cost a lot of money. And then you're going to have to turn around and pay, if, if Bosa stays healthy, you're going to have to turn around and pay Bosa too. Are, are, they, are they going to do that? They didn't pay Buckner. And they made the wrong decision by keeping Armstead. Whatever told them to do that, it, it was the wrong decision. They probably would have been better off letting him go anyway and spending that money elsewhere. It was the wrong decision. He's not a guy who makes people around him better. So we're we're gonna we're gonna wait and see what they do because you know you look what default is doing and, and i i said you know with buckner i didn't think he was aaron donald bubble and i still don't but i see what he's doing in indianapolis and i'm like maybe i took him for granted a little bit because he is making people around him better there did you see the game when he wasn't there against tennessee they got started oh, yeah. when he was yeah. on the COVID list and mm -hmm. what he's done for that team and made the people around him better man i always knew he was a really good player and i was really like buckner but Maybe I even sold him short because I'll tell you what, man, <laughs> you know, listen, Buckner didn't have anybody around him in 2018. He mm -hmm. still had over 10 sacks that year. <laughs> right. So I don't want to hear it with, with, you know, he had Cassius March and whoever the hell is on the other side. You know, I, I don't really want to hear that with Armstead, but we're, we're going to see with this team, if, if, if they're going to pay some of these guys and then you're going to have, you know, a player like Brandon Ayuk who, who, who looks fantastic and Stuck. are we going to keep these guys? You know, it's one thing to play to pay Raheem Mostert, $4 million or whatever it was. That's, that's a drop in the bucket when it comes down to it. Mm -hmm. Are you going to commit big dollars to a Warner, to a Bosa long-term? Are you going to do it? Let's see. Let's, 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 I hope they do. I hope they keep that core together of Kittle and Bosa and Warner um, and they can get a quarterback in there somehow. Are, 
Trent Williams, they're going to pay, but again, he's, what is he, 32? That's yeah. not going to be a long-term deal. The people are going to be like, oh, they pay Trent Williams. It's probably going to be like a two-year deal. You know what I mean? So it's not going to be like they're committing like five, six, seven years to this tackle. It's going to probably be like, it, they may sign him for a four-year deal, but really, they'll, like you said, they'll put the out. They'll be an out after two years with probably a lot of upfront money. So can't say it enough. It's a, this offseason is a crossroads. Pay close attention, Niners fans, to what they're doing. It's going to tell a lot about what's going to happen over the next three or four years. And Buckner left without a second contract. Can you believe that? Like, I can't believe it, that. Yeah. Like, oh, you, yeah. You, yeah I can't yeah. believe that. Like, how do you let that? You, he never got a sec, second contract at his level from, from the team that drafted him? Are you kidding yeah, me? They, they, put a, they put a price tag on him and, 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 and let him walk. So it, once they said he was too expensive and he was, listen, you know, he's, he's, he's one of probably the top five defensive tackles in the league. So <laughs> they want him walk away, man. <laughs> and he, you know, he stays healthy. He doesn't get hurt. And that's the other thing too. You know what? That's a, that's a great, that is a great point that is not brought up enough. That is a fantastic point. And I'm going to look up right now how much, I don't think Buckner's, what's he missed one game maybe? And I don't want to miss very few. He had like a knee injury uh, at one point, I think that caused him to miss a couple, but I mean like the guy like missed very few games. Like, look, it's football. You're going to miss a couple games here or there, especially in the trenches. Like it's going to happen. Like if you're a corner and you're missing like half, you know, your entire career, then it's okay. I, you're not making tackles dude. Like, come on. But if you're a defensive lineman, offensive lineman, they get hurt all the time. All the time. You know what? He missed one game his rookie year, and he missed one game this year because of COVID. Other than that, he's played every single game. That is a great point. A team with dirty durability issues let their Pro Bowl defensive tackle, who is how old is Buckner? You know, twenty six years. Twenty six years old. Yep. Walk out. Walk out the door. For his 26, 27, 20, 29 year old seasons. Yeah. That's a fantastic point. And wow. this out, I never this thought out of that. This is Moneyball, dude. This is exactly what it is. You pay a lesser player less money to hope to get the same sort of, like, because what they did was like, okay, we'll draft Kinlaw. So hopefully we'll get the same production out of Armstead and Kinlaw, Kinlaw as we did from Buckner. That's exactly what they did. And they're building their entire team like that. And it's not going to work because this isn't baseball. Wow. Yeah, that's got me thinking. Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. All right. Before I get myself too depressed, I do want to say, um, Brandon Ayuk, if there's been a shining light this season, it's been him. I think he's a legit one. I think the Niners are going to have, for the first time in forever, Crabtree was good. Crabtree wasn't, you know, Devontae Adams. This guy's my number one type receiver. I think Ayuk's got, I'm not saying he's going to be Devontae Adams, but I think he's got the talent to be a number one receiver on the team. If you look at this season, he's got 50 catches right now. The Niners rookie record is 57 for um, Debo Samuel. He broke Jerry Rice's record next, last year. Ayuk should shatter that. He should absolutely shatter that record this year. So that's going to be fun to watch. He has an outside shot at 1,000 yards. He has an outside shot to also uh, break Jerry Rice's rookie receiving uh, yardage record too. He's the only guy on offense you're even remotely worried about when he still had 10 grabs this past weekend. It's been really fun to watch him play. In his last four games, he's been absolutely outstanding. Um, I, I just, finally, finally, they've hit, they've hit on a good receiver. Yep, and I thought they, they hit on Debo as well, but I just feel like, not to take away from your IU comment, but I feel like they're using Debo as like a running back right now, and he's just, he just not, that's not going to work in the long term. <laughs> 
Well, he, and you see him get hurt this year, yeah. And and we haven't seen it. Look, Debo's been really good, obviously, but I don't think we've seen what he can do because the interim quarterback can get him the ball. Yeah. So they're basically using him as a running back, and he's getting he's been getting banged up all year. You know, yeah. so there you go. Ayuk, real quick, you know, I'll let you make your point. Five, his last five games, 56 targets, 36 receptions, 495 yards, three touchdowns in the last five games. That's outstanding. Outstanding. Over 16, that is, what what is it, like 80 for, it was like it was like 80 or 90 for like 1,500 or something like that, and like 14 touchdowns. I, I don't know, my math is it's way off. But. If, so if, if he's, if, if well, his last five games over a 16-game season is 115 catches, 1,584 yards, and 10 that's what it is. Yeah. That's, that's a big time season. Yeah, that's huge. So if he can say he just got to stay healthy. Um, I, I mean, I'm a huge IU guy. I love, I love the receiving core. I love the one, one and two. Like, I love these guys. I love the way Debo plays. He's a fantastic player. Um, I think he's a little baby Bolden, and I want him to run over DBs. I want him to not have to run over linebackers and line, linemen anymore. And the reason why is because, like you said, you have a quarterback that can't get him the ball. So they got to find ways to get him the ball now. And it's like, this is not going to be good for his long-term health in the league. Like you're not going to last. He He's not built like a running back. Like he's built to run over people. Yeah. But those people are, are supposed to be smaller than a 300 pound lineman and a 250 pound linebacker. So when you get him in open field, I want him to be able to run over safeties and corners. I don't want him to run over linebackers and D linemen. So hopefully next year, get him a quarterback and get him the ball and get Ayuk the ball. I think that Ayuk would easily, in that game, there is easily 50 to 60 yards at least left on the field with bad quarterback throws, bad quarterback, easily, and one touchdown. Yeah, he, his game would have been, he would have just had even more of a monster game if, if Mullins could actually get him the ball. He would have missed 200, I think, 200 yards almost. Did you see, I know Stats tweeted this today, and I want to give credit to the person he heard it from, uh, Leo Luna. I believe it was the person you heard it from about the whispers from the Niners receivers. Did you uh, not being happy about the quarterback play? Did you see that today? I did not. I'm not surprised okay. though. Yeah. So Stats tweeted something today about that. Um, it was on his show for Niners Nation that um, there are whispers coming out of the 49ers receiver room, basically that that they're not happy with the quarterback play. And you could see it on the field. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that's news to anybody. You could see the receivers kind of jumping up and down. Um, you know, just not happy about the boy again. It's getting sailed over their head. Jordan Reed didn't look happy a couple times today. So, you know, if you bring that QB room back, you might have some unhappy people in, the, in that receiver room. Yeah, and I think that part of that is again what I mentioned earlier in the show that hospital balls. Like Mullins was throwing high over the middle, where there's safeties and linebackers waiting. Like, if you're a receiver, you you don't want that when you're going over the middle. There's look there's a difference between going over the middle and being unafraid and going over the middle and exposing yourself, trying to catch a high ball. Like every single throw over the middle was off target. Everything was high. Everything was high and outside. Uh, They barely were getting like a hand or maybe two hands on it, but like they're really not terribly catchable balls because again, there are guys waiting there. So you can't hang your receiver out to dry like that. Repeatedly he was doing that. So yeah, I agree. Like they, they need better quarterback play. Whoever the quarterback is, the entire quarterback room needs to be better. One, two, and three. So they just got to fix it out. I mean, I think they know that this is this is a, a problem area, and they they just got to fix it. Um, also, apparently, Chad Brown was on radio in Detroit. I think I think Detroit saying that uh, Stafford wants out of 
or they may be willing to deal Stafford. But to me, like, I'm not really paying much attention to that because that's, that's according to the, the GM um, and what the GM wants. Like I've talked, I've talked to somebody in Detroit and who covers the team. And they said that literally it's 50, 50 right now. And they don't know. So well, yeah, it's really up to the GM. It depends. Yeah. Who the GM and the coach is going to be. You may get a coach that goes in there and says, I absolutely want Eddie Stafford. Yeah, I want to, exactly. I think we can, I think we just need a few pieces. So as much as, you know, when I've been, I've been on the, I've been driving the Stafford train, I would love for him to come to San Francisco, but you have to wait and see who they bring in there and what the plan is. If, if they're going to rebuild, yeah, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense to keep Stafford. But, but you may have to get in there and say, we're not that far away. So let me get a couple pieces. And in two years, we, 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 we can turn this around. I want to keep him. So it completely depends on what's going to happen. That, that's got to be a wait and see thing for me. Yeah. But also like they also have to have a plan B, right? Like regardless if they're rebuilding or not, it's like, all right, well, they're not just going to jettison Matt Stafford for like whoever the backup is, right? They, they have to have some sort of replacement plan in place, whether right. it's like a long-term short-term, like, and if they don't have that, they're not going to let go of him. The only time, and that's just, that's just smart team building. Like you don't let go of a guy like even here with Jimmy, like they're not going to let go of him unless there's a plan B in place. Like you, you, right. you really want right. Nick Mullins starting an entire season for you. That's not going to happen. God. So when <laughs> I just ruined your night that I had that thought. Yeah. My heart can't take that. <laughs> Anyways, let's get predictions, man. Enough, enough complaining about quarterbacks. Let's get to predictions. Dallas week. Oh yeah. By the way, at those guys, Dallas. Yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. I don't even, I would have said this was an easy win. I don't even know anymore. I, uh, I don't even know. Dallas is a terrible defense. Nick Mullins can't throw a ball more than 15 yards. I, I don't know. Prediction. I can't pick them to win. I just, I can't right now. <laughs> I can't do it. The defense again, I think the, the defense will come out with a spirited effort. The offense will find some way to mess it up. That's the way I feel right now. I don't want to say the entire offense. The, the quarterback will find some way to mess it up. It'll be a turnover or a missed throw or something. And, and they can't even run the ball now because nobody respects the pass. So, mm-hmm. you know, everybody's back in the box. I, I can't pick them the rest of the year. I can't. Dallas, I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but it's probably going to be an ugly game that I think Dallas wins somehow. And you know what? I'm, I will never root for the Niners to lose, but if they go 5-11, and 11, it might not be the worst thing in the world to end up with a, high, a top 10 draft pick. So I'm going with Dallas this week. Okay. Uh also, by the way, uh, we didn't mention it, but Jeff Wilson put a fumble on the ground that gave them three points as well, which is becoming a problem now with Wilson. It's not the first yeah, time. Yeah, you know, I love the way Jeff Wilson runs. I'm a huge Jeff Wilson fan. But yeah, he's been putting the ball on the ground. It's, it's worrisome, worrisome. Yeah. Um, you know, and some, sometimes people go in streaks where that happens, and we'll see if he can get out of it because I love the way he runs. I mean, um, Breida got but, cut for that, right? Remember. Right. <laughs> he got cut because he right. got no, it's he, true. So basically, he, got, yeah. he didn't get cut. He got, put, he, he got demoted and then got cut. Uh, after that so and um, how how having coleman's days i mean we knew he wasn't come back anyway next year but he can't even get a carry right now he's not special he does, he's he's, not. yeah 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 so i'm gonna say gosh i'm gonna say niners gonna win f dallas yeah even in a bad season <laughs> f dallas you know no All right, I'll go gonna, i hope you're right sw- swap the rams screw the rams we beat la we'll beat dallas too and it's going to be because of so Mullins is going to suck in, in the beginning. And then he's, no, he's going to be okay in the, in the first quarter. He's going to lead like a, maybe like a touchdown drive because that's what he does. He starts okay. Then in the middle, he's going to suck for two, two and a half quarters. 
And then like with like 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, he's going to turn it on like he always does. And wrap the garbage up like, time. Bar- garbage time, yep. And then bringing them back into it and Robbie Gold is going to win with the field goal. That's what's going to happen. He's the garbage man. Nick Mullins. What he is. Yep. Play- plays like garbage in garbage time. Uh, when he's on garbage time. All right, man. Garbage so... Man. Uh, right, anything gonna, else? Yeah. We touch on anything I know, else? I gotta or? go. I gotta. I gotta go shovel snow. So, oh, there <laughs> you go. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, for Al, this is Zane, and this has been another episode of the Forty Nineers Webzone Now Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Buy a T-shirt, man. We've been selling T-shirts for a long time. Are those oh, available? Like I think they're still available, aren't they? Buy a T-shirt. Let's. I'll get the link. I'll tweet the link out. I'm pretty sure. Did you even buy a T-shirt? I bought I a T-shirt. I'm you do okay. I think the Arizona people bought them. Somebody's got to buy it. Somebody else got to buy it. Yeah. All right. We're out of here. See you guys.